Welcome back, welcome back. It is the Big Mirror Podcast, episode 20. What is it? Uh, This is December 3rd, 2022. So, uh, this is always like a super fun time of the year. It's the end of the year. Everybody's like super happy. Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas. It's all consecutive, back to back to back. New Year's, of course. So, um, I always like to like kind of look back and kind of review the year. And like, I'm a big pop culture like nerd and shit so i'm always like oh who had the biggest album who had the biggest tour who had the biggest box office blah blah blah. so uh we're gonna get into all that but kanye west loves hitler all right we just gonna put that out there kanye west went on alex jones and for about about uh, 60 seconds kanye west (laughs) had alex jones trying to bail him out of controversy kanye west had alex jones looking like fucking um uh, bill maher for like 60 seconds right he goes on this man's show and and he's like well i like hitler well i love the nazis and kanye is such a divisive little fuck right like here's the thing with kanye kanye uses groups and uh, you know he'll uh, he'll like insult for example white lives matter right he's insulting black lives matter and black people but he's using, you know, whites as as the blanket. Like I said, if you follow me on Twitter, that flopped. It didn't even go over with white people. So now it's like, okay, we're going to attack Jewish people. And what's up with this wealth gap and blase why, right? And like, okay, we're insulting Jews. But he's using black people as the blanket. Like, so somebody can like, you feel me? Uh, uh, cover his ass up, okay? Now, you know, he's continuing this Jewish rant for God knows what reason, right? Because nobody can tell me why he's doing this and nobody can tell me what is the end goal, right? So, he again, he's continuing to insult and attack the Jewish community for God knows what reason. And now he's trying to use Nazis as his blanket. Uh... I don't know. I, see, this is the thing. I've never been the subscriber of the, oh, man, Kanye is off his meds. Kanye is crazy. I think Kanye is a guy that knows exactly what he's doing. Um, he's very manipulative. He's very corny. Um, but this is how he's always gained traction uh, since since forever, you know? He was on TV with Mike Myers and just blurted out, George Bush doesn't care about black people, which is true, but for conversation's sake, right? Uh jumped on stage taylor swift and hey taylor i'm gonna let you finish but beyonce is better than you fuck you right controversy hey uh 50 cent let's go head to head on on you know to sell records controversy buzz gimmicks this is what kanye west does slavery was a choice uh george floyd died from a fentanyl overdose just goofy inaccurate uh shit this is what he does. Um, and then he capped the night off, by the way. After the Alex Jones interview, he went on Twitter and uh, capped the night off with, Hey, everybody, just before I get out of here, uh, Chris Paul fucked my wife. Good night. Kanye West, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, for anybody championing Kanye West, fucking let it go. Let it go. I mean, I get it. You know, he made a few good albums, you know. A couple decades ago but y'all gotta let this shit ride it is what it is um be on the right side of history 
the the championing um that we do for celebrities who will probably look down on us if we saw them in the street at this point it's it's you know it's it's going past corny it's starting to get to mental illness territory of how hard we go for people and i tell you like I have conversations with people all the time and it's never it's never disrespectful. I always hear people out and I always want people to hear me out. So the common thing I'm hearing with this whole Kanye thing and the whole Jewish thing is, hey, Kanye has said things about black people, gays, uh, whoever, whatever group you want to call. Right. He said horrible things about these groups. But as soon as he started talking about the Jews, oh, man, he losing all his money. Blah, blah, blah. Well, it's a very simple answer to that. It is not fucking rocket science, people. Those people pay him. All right. Those just so happen to be the people he worked for. He works for Jews. They cut him the check. Kanye is not his own boss. Kanye was in a partnership with Adidas for the, for the shoes, for the Yeezys or whatever. Right. They stopped production. He no longer can make those shoes because he wasn't a boss. He wasn't using his own money. It's that simple. Balenciaga, they dropped them. Um, and they got their whole, the whole different situation going on right now. But they dropped them. You know, and then the banks. Who owned the banks? You guessed it. Hey, you insulted our community. We no longer want to hold your money. You insulted our community we no longer want to cut you these checks. Simple math to me. So anyways, yeah, Kanye is corny. Kanye is divisive. Kanye is manipulative. Kanye is, is spewing gross misinformation. And unfortunately, it's a lot of stupid fucking people in this world that actually believe this shit. So uh, people, anybody listening who even may be defending Kanye West, fucking please have the wherewithal to to decipher what's right and what's wrong simple as that uh anyways fucking spotify rap tapping people the apple so if you got like apple music or spotify whatever streaming app you got uh they do this like year-end thing where they kind of like tell you who your top five or top ten artists are or whatever so mon no fucking surprise was green day uh, Newfound Glory was number two. Love Newfound Glory, by the way. Uh, well, who was number three? Machine Gun Kelly. Mainstream sellout was in heavy rotation this year. Um, Mount Eddie, who is now known as Ultra Q, and uh, I also saw them in concert this year. But number four, and I always do this like they snuck through the back door. Like it's always that one artist in mind every year that like I didn't notice I was listening to like like to that level. My number five was an artist named Kenny Hoopla, who make like. Uh, like alternative rock pop punk type of type of music so make sure y'all check him out he's really good he'll be in chicago in december and i'll probably be there uh sweetie love sweetie by the way she disappeared for a while but now she is back with a new ep called the single life but it's been uh in in extreme controversy because the ep and they keep calling it the album it's a fucking ep it's like 16 minutes with six songs it is an ep that is not an album besides that it only sold uh 2000 records which is horrible even for an ep especially considering how popular sweetie is um she got her own mcdonald's meal 
she do big shows. She's very popular. So I don't know what happened, but uh, I see Sweetie on my timeline all the time. I'm a, I'm a follower of Sweetie. Didn't had no idea she was putting out a record. If I knew, I would have listened to it, and I did end up uh, listening to it after they were like, "Yeah, this record didn't sell anything." Um, so check out Sweetie, the single life. I like her. She's great. Uh, and she'll bounce back from this. And it's not an album, so it's really not that big of a fucking deal. Oh, boy. Okay, and it looked like this might be behind Bad Bunny's record and Beyonce's record. It's looking like Her Loss with Drake and 21 Savage would be the third biggest album of this year. Definitely the biggest album of the fourth quarter. Her Loss. Um. Okay. I had to listen to it twice. It was this one song. It was I, I can't remember the name of the song, but Drake is like bitches lying about getting shot, but she's still a stallion, and it was a clear reference to the the whole thing going on with Megan Thee Stallion and Tory Lanez and shooting, and that shit was super corny to me. So it kind of grossed me out, and uh, I didn't listen to the record. I had to go back to it days later to finish it and it is really good it's unfortunate that that line is in there because the album is great y'all all know the rich flex uh line the beginning of that song 21 can you do something for me you know and that whole thing went viral so it's a big fucking deal and god damn drake has been active i actually had to look it up so um in september 2021 certified lover boy by drake was released um, maybe five or six months after that, Drake released a, a dance hall type of album called Honestly Nevermind, which did not go over well critically. And now we got her loss. So Drake, in pretty much a year, Drake has released three albums, three full length albums. So uh, Drake, for some reason, is is extremely active. And that's the problem with like, with musicians nobody is really this active and that's why like drake has been the number one guy for the last i don't know what what year is it 2022 going on 2023 drake has been the man and has been extremely active since since 2009 since best i ever had so it's like okay guys come and they have these incredible incredible runs but they never last right uh the baby he got canceled Lil Baby's last record uh, did not go over well, critically. Um, and that single, that Hey single, that's one of the worst fucking singles I've ever heard in my life. Um, it, these guys come and they have these these crazy runs and they look like they up next. Chance the Rapper is another one. I think Chance the Rapper, ideally, is probably what the industry would have wanted to be. Like the next big guy, the next Drake. And he was on a, he, he his trajectory was up. And even then, he fell off. So, and then when he fell off, he like kind of disappeared too, which is never good. You're supposed to just try again, bounce back, but whatever. But this is why Drake is the man. It's because Drake wants it. Drake outworks all of these fucking guys. Uh, so yeah, her loss released. I really like it. Um, you know, some of it was corny. The Megan Thee Stallion line was corny. The calling Serena Williams. Uh, husband a groupie that shit was kind of lame but it, whatever it's drake sassy ass drake we love him anyways it's a good time 
So, uh, her loss. Jerry Jones is in the news. <laughs> okay. For anybody who does not know who Jerry Jones is, he is the owner of the most valuable NFL team in the league, the Dallas Cowboys. Now, some 60-odd years ago, Jerry Jones was at a, a school and he was preventing... Or in a in a crowd of whites preventing the black students from going to school. Now, how the fuck did somebody find this picture? I don't know. Somebody found this picture, circled Jerry Jones's head in the in the sea of, in the sea of white students, and uh, and put it out there. And Jerry Jones has obviously he said that uh, he obviously was like, oh, I wasn't I wasn't a part of that, but. What did he say? He pretty much said that he was there because he was curious of what was going on, right? And uh, me and the homies, we had a conversation about about this when it happened. And I was like, you know what? Jerry Jones in that picture, I believe he was, I think they said he was 15 years old, right? And again, I can't like speak for everybody else and how they grew up. But I will say at 15 years old, I knew that racism was corny. I knew that being homophobic was corny. Uh, I, I had an idea of what was right and what was wrong. So when it comes to shit like this, when it comes to like the age thing and oh, he was a kid. Ah, nah, I'm not really trying to hear that shit because by that age, we are aware of what we are doing hundred percent right now i'm not saying you can't you can't make mistakes we all make mistakes but you're well aware of your actions right jerry jones was in this crowd preventing black students from going to school that's what time he was on and i know people are like oh man well he employs so many black black players and da, 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 da. and it's like so the fuck so well, what does that have to do with this He's the owner of the uh, of the most valuable football team in the NFL. And by the way, he didn't even want to give Dak that position. They held on to Tony Romo for dear life uh, <laughs> before they actually like was like, ah, fuck it. Well, I guess we got to go with Dak. So, yeah, Jerry Jones came out of this looking super corny. And Stephen A. Smith, somehow, that bootlicker came out looking even worse uh, defending Jerry Jones like that on, uh, on first take. But, guys... And especially like, like, cause I see this happen a lot with, with white people. So to, to the white listeners, um, real shit, man. And, and it is what it is. <laughs> we come from like, at least if you my age, at least we come from this online gaming era, this online gaming culture where you play video games and you could be busting somebody ass and then they boom. Oh, fuck you, nigger. Like, you know, shit like that. Like. If you like, how the fuck don't you know what you're doing? It's clearly an insult. You're clearly out to to try and and and, and hurt my feelings, I guess. Right? You know what the fucking word mean. You people know y'all know what you're doing. Doesn't matter how fucking old you are. You know the significance of that enough to tell to make sure you told a black person this. So the whole age thing is fucking nonsense. Uh, the whole, you know, and we see athletes, they go and they dig up their old tweets and there's people 
tweeting all this nigga shit. And it's, oh, man, I was, I was 14. I was 15. I was a kid. I was... It was like, but you you understood the significance of what you were saying. So, eh. Anyways, on to the sports stuff. UFC 2, whatever it was. Israel Adesanya defended his middleweight championship against Alex Pereira. The story was here for this fight. Uh, so, uh, Israel Adesanya and Alex Pereira were two kickboxers before they were in the UFC. And they actually uh, fought each other. And Alex Pereira actually beat Israel Adesanya. He knocked him out, right? So, all these years later, Israel Adesanya is in the UFC. He is the man. He is undefeated at middleweight. And he is the champion of that division. Now, Israel Adesanya has pretty much beat everybody he could possibly beat worth anything in the middleweight division. But Alex Perea now uh, comes to the UFC. He's obviously in that same weight class. Um, and he's running through people, but he's only like six and one, maybe seven and one, some, some in that area. But, you know, because the storyline was there, uh, the UFC was like, fuck it. We're going to bump Alex Perea up. I mean, he did beat Israel Adesanya in kickboxing. So he should be able to compete in the UFC for the world title, even though he ain't had that many reps in the UFC. So Israel Adesanya accepts this fight. He is coming to avenge his loss from all those years ago from this guy. And uh, yeah, man, fuck, that fight was great. I had Israel Adesanya winning overwhelmingly on my card but Alex Perea no joke no fucking joke uh he got a second win he came in in that fifth round in the corner his corner was yelling at him like fam you gotta do what you gotta do you're losing right now you need to knock this motherfucker out and uh he went in there in that fifth round and got a TKO victory and I was in absolute disbelief um, I love Israel Adesanya, man. Um, one of my favorite fighters of all time. He's great. And I know he get a lot of shit because, oh man, his fights are boring, right? But his fights are only that way because pe because he's a counter striker. And he he's so good at what he does that he has people afraid to go in and make him fight, right? Because he's a counter striker. So Az Perea made him fight. He withstood the head kicks. He withstood that crazy jab. He withstood the wrestling. He survived pretty much a, a mauling, an ass whooping, a complete ass whooping. That whole fight. And in the fifth round, he caught him. Izzy got tired. He caught him. TKO victory. So shout out Alex Perea. Uh, great fight. I'm looking forward to the rematch. <laughs> um, and, and Izzy, my favorite part about this whole ordeal is after the fact, Liz, uh, Lizzie, Izzy was so uh, humble. He was like, hey, man, this is why we love this game, you know? And it wasn't like on some Conor McGregor shit where it's like, oh, fuck you. I, I fucked your wife. You fucking loser. Well, like, after he lose or whatever. So, like, it, it's cool to see somebody be like, hey, man, this is a sport. This is what we do. I'm going to come back and get it again. It's all love. It's all good. And this is a guy he lost to prior. So it's a lot of narratives going out there. Like, 
ah man this is boogeyman he can't fuck with this guy and you know in 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 combat sports it always is that one dude for the greatest fighters it's always that one guy right it's always that one dude that you just can't fuck with it you just can't figure out even if you are greater than that than that particular fighter that's just the one guy you can't figure out so if alex Perez is boogeyman it is what it is but something tells me that izzy can beat this motherfucker so we'll see the next fight i'm definitely looking forward to it oh boy on to boxing the homie deontay wilder the bronze bomber is back um he fought this guy named uh what is his name robert uh robert Pereira. excuse me robert helanius and um this is wilder's first fight back since the tyson fury three fight oh boy i can't even say he looked good I can't even say he looked great because the fight started and the fight ended, right? Deontay Wilder legit, I think he hit this motherfucker maybe twice. Game over. Deontay Wilder is still that. Um, now, with Robert Hellenius, right? This is the thing with boxing. A lot of people pretend to know that, uh, pretend like they know boxing, right? They always talk about boxing, but they are the most misinformed motherfuckers of all time so there's a lot of people like oh this guy Deontay Wilder's fighting is a bum da, 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 da. just because you have not heard that name does not mean this guy's a bum you got to do a little bit of research and that's what I did before the uh the fight and I looked up this guy and he, he was on a bit of a winning streak and he had a great record and I was like oh this motherfucker is the real deal like Deontay Wilder needs to be prepared for this guy it's it's a testament to that to that power uh, I was, they was doing some like kind of sports science segment on Deontay Wilder. And they said, if, if he hits you full strength, it's like the equivalent to getting hit in the head with a sledgehammer. And that's what happened. Like, I cannot say, I don't know what conditioning Deontay Wilder is actually in because the fight was that quick. It started, it ended. He hit this motherfucker maybe twice. And it was a, it wasn't even a full strength punch. It was kind of like a jab you know, coming off the back foot, like it was real, it was real weird. It was real quick. And it, it was, it was in and out. So shout out to Deontay Wilder. He won that fight. He will fight, uh, Andy Ruiz next, if I believe. And, uh, whoever wins that fight will go against Tyson Fury. So it's a good time. I'm looking forward to that fight. Should be fun. I'm always in support of Deontay Wilder. That's the homie. We being biased with it. It is what it is. Uh, no disrespect to Andy Ruiz, but he got to go. So, uh, so, okay. Here's the thing. People, people get paid. People get paid to come up with this type of shit. I want to dance with somebody. The Whitney Houston biopic that comes out. December 23rd for some reason. So this is the big fourth quarter Christmas movie. And no disrespect whatsoever to Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston, one of the greatest of all time. Top five, right? Uh, But I think the biopic wave is kind of dead, man. I mean, you got some great ones out there. The TLC biopic is fantastic. The new edition biopic, fantastic. Straight out of Compton was fantastic the first time you watched it and you watch it again and you actually kind of know what actually happened in those stories it doesn't really age well before first watch it's really good 
Um, it's been a lot of biopics to come out. Elvis didn't watch it. Uh, Rocket Man, the Elton John movie, didn't watch it. Uh, Queen, that movie, didn't watch it. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, these these biopic movies aren't drawing that well either. Um. I don't know why they're doing this. And I don't know why this is the big fourth quarter. Like, a biopic, I feel like you should be dropping that in, like, March. So, uh, good luck to Whitney Houston. If if her peoples or her estate get the money for this, uh, I don't know. But uh, the cast looks good. The commercial looked fine. I only saw a commercial. I didn't actually watch the trailer, but the commercial looked good. But that name, I want to dance with somebody. Why is it so long? Why is it so basic? Anybody could have, like, I could have came up with that. If it's that easy, I could have came up with that. Pay me. Okay? <laughs> Pay me. So, to continue with the movies, God damn, it was, it's, it's been a pretty strong end of the year. Well, it was supposed to be, at least. I'll say that. Right? So, uh, consecutive, I actually, like, bought stock in AMC because I was like, oh, man, it's going to be a pretty good, you know, fourth quarter for movies, right? So, all back to back to back to back, Halloween ends, Black Adam, Black Panther. It's this movie, I think it came out either yesterday or today, called Violent Christmas. The Whitney Houston movie is coming out December 23rd. So, I'm like, ah, it's pretty, you know, some pretty important shit coming out. So, let's let's start with Halloween ends, which had a box office of $105 million, but it also did come out on Peacock the same day uh, the movie did. So a lot of people didn't have to go to the theater to go see it. They could have just stayed home and watched it on Peacock. $105 million for the box office with a budget of $33 million. Now, yeah, I'm going to fucking spoil it because the movie came out two months ago, okay? So if you didn't see it yet, pause it, go watch it, come back. I will say this, you're not missing much. Uh, Halloween ends. Uh, the whole movie revolved around this this the world's most uh fucking unfortunate babysitter named Corey. The movie ended I mean it began Corey I guess accidentally killed the kid he was babysitting. Um and they commit they really fucking commit to telling the story of this kid named Corey. Now I will say this if you watch the movie called Christine uh, there are some strong similarities between Halloween Ends and Christine. Um, but they really commit to telling this kid's story. And, and this is the part that really bothers the fuck out of me. They commit to telling the story. Who is Corey? First of all, this is the third movie in the trilogy. So introducing a brand new character, you know, for, for a final installment is really fucking stupid to me. Right? If anything, the Corey character should have been... Allison's boyfriend from the first two movies. They should have just kept him alive and had him be the fucking bad guy in this movie. Because at least we familiar with that character. We know who he is. And they don't have to spend the first 60 fucking minutes telling his story. Okay? Anyways, Corey... <laughs> Corey uh, is ostracized and and um, picked on by his community because he was... Uh, What's the word? What's the word? What's the word? The legal term for it. I cannot think of it, but he, he didn't go to jail pretty much for accidentally killing the kid. He was uh, babysitting. So he's picked on. 
He's ostracized by his community. He runs into Michael Myers in the sewer one night. Michael Myers looks into his fucking eyes. All of a sudden, Corey is is evil now, right? So for a small portion of the movie, a very small portion of the movie, Corey and Michael Myers are a fucking tag team. And they tag team and people. I think they caught about three, four bodies. It was real quick. And that's the thing. If we're going to commit to Corey and we're going to commit to <laughs> Michael Myers having, having a protege, why not go all the way with it? Why not them two all the way to the end? They got a couple kills. And then Corey was like, you know what? Fuck Michael Myers. I don't need this guy. Took his mask, wrestled him to the ground, wrestled Michael Myers to the ground, took his mask off and went on his own killing spree. Ended up at Jamie Lee Curtis's house. Jamie Lee Curtis get busy. Um, she got him down immediately. She shot him. And then Allison was coming home. He stabbed himself. Um, and then Michael Myers pulled up to go get his mask back. So it's kind of like that was kind of a run around way to get Jamie Lee Curtis and Michael Myers into the same setting. Fuck, this was stupid. Um, I remember leaving the theater very like, I guess that was okay. But uh, as I've had time to reflect, this was really bad. Corey, the character Corey, we we waste an hour of time, over an hour, an hour, 40 minutes of time telling his story, seeing his transition from being picked on and bullied and, and, and to turning into the new Michael Myers to kill him off, for him to stab himself, first of all. By the way, he woke up to try to take the mask from Michael Myers again. Michael Myers broke his fucking neck. Whatever, right? So they kill him second to last. And that's just it. That's the end of Corey. That's it. It's no sequel. He won't be the new Michael Myers. Just They just needed a way to get Jamie Lee Curtis and Michael Myers in the same setting. So they used this Corey character to fill time, pretty much. All that shit was filler. And it was really fucking stupid. Uh, yeah, nah. I don't think it's the worst Halloween movie. But it's definitely bottom three. Uh, wouldn't recommend it if you haven't watched it. You're not missing much. Anyways, Black Adam came out, right? <laughs> Poor Rocky. Poor Rocky. I love the Rocky. If you know me, I'm a fucking, I'm a, I'm a Mark for Dwayne Johnson. That's the homie. Um, and you know what's nasty? That that kids, kids think Dwayne Johnson is like the the guy from Moana or the guy from Fast and Furious or the guy from San Andreas or the guy from Jumanji or the guy from Rampage. When the Rock to me is the Rock from the WWE. Like his, he's the fucking eight time WWE champion, right? Um, you know, main evented several WrestleManias. Like, that's The Rock to me. If you smell what I'm cooking. Anyways, The Rock is Black Adam this time. Um, fuck, I was really excited for this movie. If you know me, I fucking hate DC movies. Um, after I saw Suicide Squad 2, I committed to never watching a DC movie. Um, unless it was Batman. And I said, I will watch Black Adam off the strength of The Rock. So... Here we are, uh, a year and a half later, maybe. Black Adam is out, and I really fucking enjoyed this movie. Uh, but here's the problem. The box office. The box office, $378 million with a budget of $200 million. Now, 
as much as I like this movie, I'm scared it won't get a sequel. But why, right? I mean, $378 million, that's pretty good, right? Not with a budget of $200 million. So they might not want to put the money up to do a second movie. And if they do put the money up, they would probably have to, because uh, the way they, they pretty much hinted that Superman is going to be in the next one, which means the budget would have to go up just by default. I don't know if they want to put that kind of money up into it, but I think the fact that they released it in October was a bad idea, especially because a week, maybe two weeks later, Black Panther was coming out. And when Black Panther came out, it completely fucking shut this movie down. So, with that being said, Black Adam is very good. I won't even spoil it because I want you guys to go see it because I want to see the second movie. Uh, Black Adam, Black Adam, Black Adam. Okay, so, yeah, $378 million in the box office. Black Panther comes out, does $685 off a $250 uh, million budget. And uh, it, it pretty much wipes Black Adam out of the rankings, right? <laughs> so, oh, uh, man, I, I don't know. It really bothers me because I'm like, I was super into this. I was really, really into this. But Black Panther, you want to talk fucking sad. Again, budget of 250 the movie made 685 And that's so far. People are still, I guess, still watching this. These movies tend to have like, extremely extremely solid opening weeks and then they kind of peter off and that's definitely what happened to black adam um but black panther said and they didn't waste no fucking time the movie starts hey guys uh t'challa is dead and it is what it is we all knew that we're gonna make the sister to do black panther and that's totally fine with me but you know what's not fine with me is people uh coming up with these weird conspiracy theories like uh, you know, like, oh, they want to make Black Panther a woman and uh, Marvel hates black men and they taking this away from us. And I'm like, dude, Chadwick Boseman died. He can't play the role. And I know people are like, oh, just recast, recast. And I mean, I, <sighs> here's the thing. They wanted to celebrate Chadwick and his work, which I totally understand. But if they recast, the movie wouldn't have been about the movie. It would have been about, ah, oh, man, did whoever recast, uh, they recast T'Challa as, did he do a good job? That's what, a, that's what that movie would have been about. So I understand the route they went, and I really like the route they went, and I think they did as strong of a job as they could possibly do with what they had to work with. So Shuri's the new Black Panther, but if you watch to the end credits of the movie, they recast Chadwick Boseman anyways. Uh, Lupita, she has a baby before T'Challa dies. And they named the baby fucking T'Challa. So, boom. The Black Panther is back. Now, again, people. I know people are like, just recast, recast, recast. You have to not only write a coherent story for the Black Panther. You have to write a coherent and cohesive story to several other movies. Because remember, Marvel, it's not just Black Panther. Marvel is a whole universe. All these movies are connected some way, somehow. So they did exactly what they needed to do. Uh, Shuri was great. Michonne, I forget her name all the time. She plays Michonne in The Walking Dead. 
She was fantastic. Lupita was fantastic. Fucking Winston Duke was fantastic. Uh, Angela Bassett, for the scene when they were like, when she was like, I lost my son, I lost my daughter, I lost my husband. She, they might need to consider her for an Oscar for that fucking scene. She was fantastic. The dude who played Namor is fantastic. And that Namor character in general is fantastic. This movie was great. Um, I don't like to rank shit like immediately. I say my immediate ranking, though, if I had to, I give it an eight. But then again, if if you ask me what the first Black Panther was after I saw it, I would have gave it a 10. I watched the first Black Panther now and it does not age well. It's like a six. So <laughs> I'll say that. But anyways, guys, I think that's about it for me. What are we 40 minutes in? I think that's about it for me. But I fuck with y'all. Thank you for tuning in as always. And I'll be back again with that heat until then. I'll see y'all later. Gotta make a plan, gotta do what's right. Can't run around in circles if you wanna build a life, but I don't wanna make a plan for a day for a way.